G'day everyone, welcome to Bush Talk Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mark, from the occasionally on YouTube channel, Mark and Cars, and I'm joined with Ajmal. G'day Ajmal. Hello, I'm Black Cab Driver of YouTube, that channel that nobody watches, and uh, it's, it's, good to be, it's good to be here. Good to hear, good to hear. It's, um, so we had a cracker last week, didn't we, with um, but. Kirkins oh, right. rhymes with brilliant. gherkins. Yes. Oh, it's brilliant. It was brilliant. And bizarrely, he's been in London this week. Did you catch up with him? He's been I should have done, but he's he's been busy doing shoots and he was in Oxford, uh, which is kind of up the road from me. Don't you live in like Oxfordshire um, or something like that? Yeah, I live in sort of South Oxfordshire. Oh, I see. And Oxford's probably yeah, about oh, no, a whole kilometre away. Yeah. Away. yeah, yeah, okay. Well, an hour, <laughs> which is a long, it's a long way in England, as we've discussed before. Yeah, yeah. For us Brits, that's a long drive. <laughs> um, but you know, it's. Uh, but I've been on. Um, I, I should warn you. I'm. I'm in a, like a proper, not a foul mood, but like a proper bitching about stuff mood. Oh yeah, this is going to be good then. I'm looking forward to this. So <laughs> well, this week's just been, just been a bit mental, and the the good part of it has been that. Uh, I've been primary parent for my three-year-old, and it's just been me and her hanging out. Good fun, uh, and that's been brilliant. Yeah, uh, it's, and it's, we've done literally nothing else. So apart from I get out, we go out, we go out on her bike, we go to different coffee shops, we go to different parks, <laughs> we watch you know awful TV, but most actually not awful TV. Mostly we've been watching Toy Story, so it's been pretty good. <laughs> so that's been fantastic. But just how difficult it is to even get the most mundane thing done and that i know this is going to go way off topic but contacting different companies and this is my job normally yeah. is customer experience customer contact technology um architecting all that stuff and then everybody talks about doing this amazing stuff and it's ai and it's this and it's cloud and blah 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 and then uh and, and also you know empathy and whatever it might be personalization i, ca- I call it my insurance company because i sold my mg Oh, yeah. I called them up, and it's a it's a small classic car insurer. So they gave me a really good deal. Been sure. insured with them for probably twenty years, mm-hmm. and uh, so I cancelled the policy. And it's three months in, and they go, ah, right, the policy that you've taken, even though you're paying it by month, you've got to pay up the rest of the policy. That's the kind of policy you have. What? So I got to pay up the rest of the year. No wonder you got shit on the liver today. Well, well, yeah, exactly. And then the next, uh, so I say to them, hang on. So I've got my Boxster parked out. Why don't I just insure that? Same policy, yeah, move it over. Yeah, so change it over, and then they come back with a massive quote, and I know I can get it much cheaper somewhere else. So I say, fine, cancel it. Uh, just, you know, take the payment from my bank account. They don't, they don't do that. It's like, you know, I've, I've used two months, and it's like I owe them, still owe them 150 quid. So they don't do that, and they send me an email saying, you owe me this much money. So I phone them up, and I'm on the phone for half an hour, waiting in a queue. Yeah, yeah so you've so been in a great minutes, mood by this point. Well, yeah, three minutes of it are them telling me about all of the policies. Your call might be recorded. Uh, we're an insurer, <laughs> financial conduct authority, blah, 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 blah. And then press one for this, press two for that. So three minutes in, I'm watching the clock on my phone. Three minutes in, I'm still hearing that stuff. Then I'm on in a queue for probably 15 minutes. Yep. I get through and the lady says, no, you don't owe us any money. Right? 
because and I, and I went well hang on I've got this letter and she goes oh yeah that file's closed so our finance provider is this other company yeah you need to contact them yeah. like, I've never heard of this company what are you talking about she goes don't worry I'll put you through so she puts me through and I wait another five minutes in the queue and I get through and then you know when you've got to say who you are again yeah you go through the whole rigmarole again exactly you know what's your date of birth what's your you know first pet's name blah 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 so I do all of that and then I'm on hold for like you know while she goes away and checks and she goes no no you've got to go back to them <laughs> so she goes don't worry I'll put you through <laughs> so 40 minutes I'm on the phone 40 minutes at this point so I'm like I, I'm about to completely lose this today so she, this today this morning yeah okay explaining your mood right so now she, yeah <laughs> so she must be back through and I'm on, you know, in a queue again. I go through all the press one, this, this, that, whatever. I get through, and <laughs> so I get through to somebody, and she, and I tell her, look, look, it's like 45 minutes. <laughs> I've just been over there. I've explained it again. I'm explaining it now to you because remember, when I get back through, I've got a different person. Who I am again. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what my policy number is, mm, or why I'm calling. Yeah, yeah. And by this point, I have to take a deep breath every time I start a new sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so I say, it. so, so she looks and then she goes away. I'm on hold, awful hold music. And then she comes back and she goes, no, no, you definitely need to go to them. But what's happened is the file hasn't closed yet. So they've got to close the file. And then, and I went, well, how'd you know how much I owe then? And I'm like, I- I'm sorry, but I'm, <laughs> I use the F word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not effing happy. I just need these things sorted. I'm trying to pay you money. I do not want you to send me a threatening letter. Yep, yep. So now I've got now I've got no I've got no recourse. I've got to wait. I've got to wait for them to send me a letter saying this other company that you owe us some money that I've never heard of before. <clears throat> and that's been the start to my day. It's been really rubbish. Yeah, you've uh, you've had a mediocre one, I'd say. But yeah. That is what it's like living in today's modern society, Ajmal, when you've got to deal with these, and let's face it, there's fewer and fewer insurers that are underwriting companies these days. So while there might be 12 insurers out there, they're always in the same underwriter, aren't they? And it's yep. ultimately what it comes back to. Exactly. But, you know, it's that's not the only thing. That's not the only thing that I've, I've been bitching about. Oh, come is. on. Let's, let's get it all off your chest right now. Come on. All right, all right. All right. So this is, this is like my therapy because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I bought a family wagon, right? Yes. <laughs> so we bought an Audi A3 2009. Yeah, shit ass 1.6. Yeah. Yeah, 1.6 TDI, and it's for £2,000. So not a lot of money, but it's going to be a, a bit of a wagon going down to the tip. Sure. Moving the family around, and it's reliable and it's safe and it's quite presentable. And, but it's got 175,000 miles on it. So I get in it and I drive it. I, t- I, tell, I go and have a look at it, and I'm like, actually, I don't, I don't really care. It works, you know. Well, today and I watched a car, it works today. car throttle video where they talk about, you know, don't be afraid of high mileage. Like, yeah, well, yeah, fine, you know, yeah, it's yeah. two thousand yeah. pounds. It's fine. So <clears throat> I get that home, and you know, I used to have an Audi A3. That's a 2009. I used to have a 2010. Oh yeah, oh, you had the, you had the new one. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, much. <laughs> it was the S line. What was it? It was the longest name in the world. It was S line. S Black edition. Sportback Quattro. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
And I remember the thing that really used to pee me off about it was that the, the vents in the middle, just above the sat-nav, Wouldn't they always point... used to break. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, they'd all, like, so all the little flaps would be pointing in different directions. Oh, yeah, that is shit, and yeah. Because I'm a bit OCD, I'd sit there pointing them all in the same direction, just so they look like they were, <laughs> they were proper. Ones so they, they look like they weren't broken. In. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> they weren't, yeah. Or my daughter would get in and run her hands across, and you'd be sat there going, oh. <laughs> but anyway, I fixed those, and it was a real bugger to fix. So I get I, I get in this one, and I think, oh god, every all four of the vents are broken. They are. So, so yeah, I take them out, I fix them, I put them back, and I put one of them back, and it's got a blade running through the middle of it that keeps yep. the yeah, fins sure. pointing mm-hmm. the same direction. I put one of them back, and the blade just falls out, <laughs> down <laughs> back into the cell into the car. Into the car, it falls next to the ashtray. And you know what you see in slow motion? And it falls. And it's a, it's a chance in one trillion, I suspect. There's a tiny, like, exact size as the thickness of that thing, which is, like, you know, yeah, yeah. paper thin. And it slid straight down. It didn't hit the sides. It slid straight down the side. <laughs> so, so, now, so now I've bought secondhand four different ones. They look a bit different. I don't really care. Because oh, it sounds like you I care a lot, Ajmal. Like well, I, I care that I want things to work properly. That's, that's a two thousand pound, twelve year old <clears throat> diesel hatch. Yep. Yep. Let it go. It is a mighty hundred and four brake horsepower. I reckon that could be less than your nine twelve. Well, so when my wife drove it. For the first time, yeah, and she said, "She said I don't care what it is; it's fine." She said, "I'd rather drive this than your Porsche." Yeah, pick up because she said it's it, for me. It's more comfortable. It's easier. Sure. It's a it's a very easy to drive car. And how's that going? Two weeks she in, said, uh, about ten days. Ten oh, days. Ten in. days. And it's but the thing is, it's it's so slow that you come out of our driveway and you go up a hill. And the first time I was sat with her when she was driving it, because we happened to be going somewhere, and she went, and she went to go into fourth. And I'm there going, oh, oh, I don't, you're being a bit ambitious, don't go into fourth. And we start almost going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and she looked at me and she went, I've gone from 310 brake horsepower to this. Because <laughs> she used to drive the golf car. the golf car, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And she went, no, it's fine, it's fine. It's a wagon, it just needs to work for two years while we trash it. And then we'll get something that we like. Well, in, Astra- uh, in Australia and the US, I'm not sure what the situation is with the UK, but this week the Golf R's all come out. The the Golf, Golf 8 Kate. R comes out this week. Ah. Because it's it's and it is I've seen cop- lots of it's copped a belting. No one likes it. It has, because it came out, uh, the, the reviews were out probably six months ago over here. Everyone likes oh. everyone likes the old one better. Yeah, and that's and, why and that, that's why you got the good money for it. Well, yeah, because one of the things I was thinking about the Mark Eight is that it's all touchscreen. Everything, even the sat nav, is touchscreen. Whereas the old one, it just had a brilliant. You got in, you twiddled lift, this left, right, turn it up, turn it down, turn the fan up and down, really quick. You didn't have to look at it. And now it's all touchscreen. I hate that. Even on the old one, the touchscreen when you touch something. And you go over a bump and you press the wrong thing, and then you yeah. go, I don't know how to get back from there now. 
and I'm doing, you know, 75 miles an hour on the motorway. Yeah. I, I find the – I've only been in a GDI. I haven't seen a Golf R yet, but I've seen a Golf 8 GDI up close, but sat in it. I haven't driven one, but, you know, had a touchy-feely. The interior is stunning. Yeah. The seats, the touch points, the finish, it's like – I reckon it's better than RS3. And that was a GDI. Wow. But it would want to be because here in Australia it is an expensive car. We're going to talk about how dear cars are in Australia in a moment, but yes. we'll come back to that in a moment. I don't want to talk about that yet. But it is in a very expensive car in Australia, the GDI. So the Golf R is going to be the next level again, let's face it. Like the R is always over the GDI, right? Well, have you um, have you seen the 7.5 R, Mark 7.5? Yes, and, and the GTI is is the the Mark Eight GTI a leap above that? The Mark Eight GDI drive away price is probably four thousand pounds greater than a seven point five R. Wow! But that's VW having a go as well at the moment. Let's face it. And why shouldn't they? If they're producing cars and people are willing to pay for it, they'll just keep charging, won't they? And that's just cars everywhere yeah. at the moment. If you buy a new car. That is that is true. That is true. Again, oh, yeah. we'll come back to that. Let's not talk about car prices right now because we've we know we're going to talk about car prices shortly. Oh, can I just bitch about one more thing? Yeah, can we let's hear it? Come on, get it off your chest. Come on. That's my broken finger. <laughs> you still got a bloody rubber band on it. Well, I've got it when I'm moving around doing stuff because it catches on stuff. When you put a and splint and bandage the thing up, you clown. No, because then I can't bend it at all, and it's really difficult to do anything. If you bend it, it's going to hurt. It's broken. No, it hurts when I bend it. Yeah, but it doesn't bend away from the other finger next to it, so the elastic band. Does Is this help. at football? Yeah, this was at football. Yes, yeah. yeah, look, you're a broken down old racehorse. It's never going to win another race. I think it might be time to let this go. Find another hobby. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say it's time you were put down. <laughs> so you were put out of everybody's misery. <laughs> Straight to the glue factory, you reckon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's like the the first day. Obviously, it was agony and it and it bloomed. And then I went to and I thought, no, I've just sprained it. I went to bed and I woke up and it was all misshapen and pointing in the wrong direction. <laughs> and you you go, oh yeah, it is broken. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I had to bend it back into shape and I put the elastic band has been brilliant. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, look, every doctor recommends it. They do. They do. They probably it don't. Probably would well. have been, you know, like a Pfizer electric elastic band that you know the NHS yeah, yeah. would have paid. Like yeah, then it would have been fine. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, this one I found on the ground, uh, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but it's it's really done the trick. So I think the bones are now fused. I can feel the bump. Oh, oh yeah, so I'm it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Again. yeah, yeah. I'm going to play football again on Monday, and I might put duct tape on it. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing how this pans out for you. The um, fine. I just, while we're on this, I want the listeners to know how much I want a video of our podcast to go up. So I'm actually recording it, and I'm going to give it to Ajmal. I'm going to edit it just so he gets the bloody thing up, okay? So, All right, let's do it. Let's so do it. to that end, for any listeners that actually do watch our podcast, hold, hold your splint up to the camera for us. Come on, show us. Yeah, it, this looks ridiculous. It's, in fact, this looks like something a year nine child would do. Yeah, but the thing is, 
you've missed out on when on the second day it was literally completely blue and I thought it was going to fall off. Yeah, that would have been my a better shot. Not... Okay, yeah, okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. In fact, uh, if, you follow, blue, if, like... if you follow Ajmal's Instagram, inevitably there'll be a picture of it. I didn't take one of the when it was out of this. Oh, out of really? Blue. Mate, you take photos yeah, of rubbish one. and post it. How can you not post something as good as a blue finger? I, I don't know. I think it was because I was like primary parent and I was too busy having a nice time yeah, with my daughter. Fair <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, but, um, but it was it went very blue. While we're talking about our podcast, let's talk about how many Prosecco companies in the north of Italy approached you this week after the last podcast. Oh, my God. You won't believe it, but none. <laughs> that is one more than me. <laughs> i got none either. So if there's any Italian listeners out there that just happen to be sipping Prosecco sitting in the north of Italy, we are still open to the options. But what I would yes. like to do before I talk about my week is I've always done a bit of a clean-up in the study-slash-podcast area. We also keep a lot of junk, right? And during the growth of my YouTube channel, I've approached a lot of companies for channel sponsorship, funding to come on the channel, etc. right? And yep. I've found quite a lot of items that I've not used or done anything with, and I think I'm going to use them as giveaways for our podcast. Oh, nice. Are they now collector's items? They're not that old, right? Oh. <laughs> but I haven't decided how we'll give it away yet, but we'll come up with something between us. Timex sent me a heap of watches. No. Timex USA, Timex Australia, couldn't get oxygen out of them. Timex USA, no worries, give us your address. Let's send some over and have a discussion. So we've got a Timex. Brilliant. Yeah, oh, the box. It's a like a army green, oop, army green style watch, brand new, never even put on a wrist. Still got all the plastic and everything on it, the covers. It's a chronograph, oh, quartz watch with a NATO style I mean, band. I don't know how I much the thing's worth. Probably worth 150 bucks, you reckon? Well, Timex is a budget brand. It is, that's yeah. That's a nice-looking watch. Yeah, I think it's that's pretty nice smart. Watch. It's too big for my yeah. wrist, obviously. Look at that. Look, I've got quite effeminate little wrists. But um, I thought that was the thing. You're supposed to wear a massive watch. Yeah, you know, I'm not. A, I don't need to overcompensate for that. I overcompensate for other things. The um, no. yeah, but <laughs> let's. <laughs> I've got this Timex watch. I've got other watches too from other companies that have sent watches to me. So we'll do those in future episodes. But if you want. If you're watching some video, if you are, actually, hang on. If you're not watching this video, if you are actually just listening, it is a Timex army green color with a black face, numerals on it. Looks like it's got a chronograph on it, three buttons. I reckon it's about a 43 millimeter dial on it with a NATO style band. Um, if you're half starter on that, you send us a message, either Ajmal or I, and tell us why you should be given it, and I'll post it to you. That is awesome. Because I did that on, um, what did I send? I sent one of those Google uh, smart speakers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do. I can't remember where I end, how I ended up with one. And I just didn't use it. It sat in a box in a drawer. Mm -hmm. And then I sold some, do you remember that I, I refurbished the rear seats on my 912? Really? And I ended up, yeah. I, I, uh, Where'd you find were, the horse here? Uh, yeah, the... They, they were the horsehair ones, and I, my car didn't come with any. Ah, okay. So I went and bought some for like 20 quid off uh, eBay. Sure. But they needed refurbishing, and I thought, you know what? Actually, there's another set that I can get, which is really cheap, and between the two, 
I think I spent £60. Sure. And between the two, I managed to do one good set. Yeah. But okay, I good. had this sort of broken set left. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know what, I'll stick that on eBay and anyone who guesses, I'll, I'll start on one penny. Yeah, yeah. And the person who guesses the closest that it's going to end on can have that and I'll post it out to them. And so I sold, I think it was something like 56 pence. The seats went for 56 pence. Yeah. Because, you know, people people chance their arm, you know, of course they do. stuff and they want a load of money. Like I've, got, I've got a great wheel. story like that. Tell me, tell me. I reckon it was about 95 or 96. Oh, this is going to be right in your sweet spot. I'm going to talk English cars here, right? Oh, my God. I'm a sympathiser for the Ford Anglia 105e, right? Before Harry Potter. Before Harry Potter. Let, let me make this clear, right? That I've got to be honest with you, Harry Potter just destroyed it for me. But I love the styling of it, okay? I can't help myself. What do I do? You know, I love the backward window. I love the fins. Hang on. So you were a sympathiser for it when it was more uncool than it is now? Yes, yes. Right. <laughs> okay, okay, let's get that clear. I've owned two of them, right? <laughs> anyway, hang on, this story goes back. This story goes back, back. Actually, hang on, listeners, we will talk Porsche in a minute. Now, this um, <laughs> this goes back before then. This is this would be, hmm, I reckon 94. I was riding my bicycle down a relatively main road, and there's an old garage when I say garage, attached to a house, old horse stable, old house, probably similar to what you live in, actually. That's sort of yeah. a million years old, right? You know, cavemen lived in there. And the um, yeah. anyway, it was open a little bit, and I saw the fin. I knew a 105 e fin when I saw when I go past. As I glance, as I ride past, I, oh, it's 105 in there. Stop, go back, stick my nose in. It's sort of half uncovered, and the thing's a million years old. This yeah. car, right? And it looks like it's been in there forever. So I go knock on the door. This old duck answers the door. She would have been 80 if she's a day. I said, what's going on with the uh, car in the shed there? She goes, oh, that was my husband's. He passed away 24 years ago. Been paying the rego. Rego is what we call the MOT or the motor insurance yeah. or whatever it is, right? So it's still road legal. Yep, road legal, right? But I haven't started in that long. Oh, okay. I said, what are you doing with it? I, I love these cars. I'd love to buy it off you. She goes, well, people have asked me, but you're the first one that says you've loved them. So how about $500? I said, deal. I'll be here tomorrow. I'll come pick it up. I'm going to drive it home. Hasn't been driven in 24 years, right? <laughs> anyway, I go there the next day. The thing is original paint. I think it's a 63 off memory. I'm just going off memory here. Anyway, got the car, dumped all the fuel out of the fuel tank, put the fresh fuel in, um, Bled the brakes, started up like that, like your MG did after being in storage. Remember, you know, the story you said yeah. about that? Same thing. Whoa, okay. Good motors, actually, those original 105E motors. I think it's a one litre or 1.1 litre or something like that. Anyway, so anyway, drive it home, get out the cut and polish, give it a bit of a buff, you know, came up a treat. All of, Everything's bog stock, but I worked for VDO in this period. So I was doing a lot of gauge restoration and all that sort of stuff and rally computer work. Anyway, and I had a good workshop that I could work in I actually got another glove box off another 105e because it's the same shape for left and right hand drive the 105e was for both markets and I've got a set of Smith's gauges out of a GT Cortina 
that I wow. bought at auction having a go exactly how this person for 56 pence did. There's a, so it's a Mark II GT Cortina, 1600, twin Webers, extractors, close ratio gearbox, the whole box and dice. It had a rear end at, the, um, at an auction house. So I go to, uh, oh, sorry, an uh, insurance company. So I go to the insurance company's yard where they put, have the vehicles up for tender. Whoever gets the highest tender puts in the most amount of money anonymously, gets to win the car. I got a Mark II with a rear end that I didn't need any of. I just wanted all the disc brakes out of it. I wanted all the gearbox, I wanted the motor and the gauges and everything out of it, put in my Anglia for $46. Oh, wow. <laughs> it cost me more to tow it to the yard than it did to buy. The <laughs> and then once I emptied everything out of it that I wanted, I put all the old stuff out of the Anglia back in just in the, in the passenger seat and everything, called a wrecker, and he gave me 50 bucks for the wreck. <laughs> wow, because that's the thing with this 56 pence that I sold the seats for. The guy sent a courier to pick them up. <laughs> Did he really? It would have cost him 30 pounds to pick the seats up that cost him 56 uh, at pence. At least, yeah, because the courier came from London, which is, like you know, 45, 50 miles sure. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, wow, that was pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. Significant investment for him, but he must have really wanted them. Oh, clearly, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I've struggled. I've struggled. To, I'd, it's easier to sell something than to give it away over here. Well, if you give it away, I've, I've actually, mess you around. I've actually joined a. Fa- I know you hate Facebook, right? So I'm not going to do a promotion for Facebook here. But I'm on a marketplace for our suburb that says if you got something free, put it on there, and they'll come and get it from you. Mate, how good is that to empty your shit out of just rubbish and know it's, it's going to get reused instead of thrown out? You know. It doesn't, that doesn't work over here. What? Because my wife's on it. So the amount of stuff, like especially baby stuff that we have, yeah, sure. it's like tons of it. So we say, well, I've got this brand new, you know, it's used, I've power washed it, and it looks brand spanking new, costs us 600 pounds, it's a push share. Yep. And 10 people come to you and say, oh, I'll have it. So you just go to the first one and say, it's yours, you just need to come and collect it. They don't and turn they'll say, No, then the first thing they say is, are you around on Tuesday, the week after next. And you're like, God, I've got to keep it for another 10 days. And yeah. you're okay. Yeah, yeah I can't get it. So it's sat in your front room, yep. you know, while you're in your dining room, while you're waiting for them to come around. Mm-hmm. Then they don't show up. Then you contact them again and they say, oh, I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. Then they don't. So you go to the next person and then they mess you around. You go to the next. If you just go, you know what? It's 20 pounds. Someone will just come and take it away because they know they've got to pay 20 pounds. Yeah, when yeah. it's free, People, everybody messes you around, and it's every single time that I've tried to give something away. Okay, yeah. People mess you around, and it's like, you know, I sold uh, an old steering column off my MG with a steering wheel attached to it, yep. and I wanted, I just wanted rid of it, but I didn't want to bin it because it was too good to throw in yep. the bin. Yep. Again, I'll put it on eBay for a penny. It sold, <clears throat> so I bought a replacement one because it needed a different size at the top for sure. the original steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So I bought one for £52. Yep. This one sold for 11 pence with the steering wheel, right? So so I, I think fine, because, you know, I just need somebody to be able to use it. And yeah, not yeah. In the bin. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in the ad, I put, you know, it's perfectly usable, serviceable, it's in good condition, it comes with a steering wheel, yep. and, the, you know, the buyer must collect. Uh-huh. So, so the guy messages me straight away, and he goes, I've paid you the 10, 11 pence by PayPal already. And I'm thinking okay great and then he goes can you stick it in the post to this address and, and i went no did you not read the ad and i went i'm not gonna pack something up 
walk to the next village. Did you have to refund him his 11 pence? 11, 11 pence. Did you have to refund it to him? Uh, well, no, I did. Yeah, I refunded him the 11 pence. That is classic. And the thing, that, that was two years ago. It's still in my shed. <laughs> so if anybody needs a 1969 uh, steering column with like a 70 steering wheel on it for an MGB. Are we, talk, are we turning into a swap meet? Oh, no, that's another giveaway. No, that's not, that's, that's not a giveaway. <laughs> like, uh, listen, now the last week, I'm going to tell you what I did on the weekend, Ajmal. Tell me. I went out with the Porsche Club of Western Australia Ooh. to a track day here at, in Perth. Our metropolitan racetrack is called Wanneroo Raceway. It's in the northern suburbs, about 45 minutes drive north of where I live. And took my Yaris on the track for the first time. And? A lot of fun, as you'd anticipate. You know, there's been a lot of mucking around. I had to get the race seat all sorted out so I could use the harnesses and the front head restraint, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and great experience. I haven't been on that track since the mid-90s, and the last time I went on it was in a mot- on a motorcycle. Okay, so the track itself feels very narrow in a car compared to being on a motorcycle. And the way you, you use it is very different in a car compared to a motorcycle. So they're not very – like I, I was familiar with the layout of the track, but the way it – especially with this car I've got with the Yaris, GR Yaris. It was, but it was a lot of fun. I had a great improvements over the day. I'm actually going again this Saturday to – they've got an open day there, so – it's a tuning day, so anyone anyone who's a member of the, uh, any of the car clubs can come and use the track for the day. So I'm going to go on Saturday and have another crack to, just to see if I can bring my times down to what most half-decent GA Yaris drivers are doing on that track. So it was, it was a good day. So are there – oh, hang on, I've got a couple of questions, but then I'm going to ask you a question. I did see your video that you posted about the seat. Yes. Um now, so you see there's other Yaris drivers there. And they weren't there on the day, but I do know other Yaris drivers in WA that use the track regularly. Right, okay. Because because the thing, I've, I mean, we've talked about this before, the thing about the Yaris is when I drove it, I just felt like it's so grippy. It's just so grippy. And, and you know, the way that its it, um, wheelbase is so short and wide. Yep. And the, and the back, the wheels are so you know, wide Big. compared yep. to its size, that you're, and when I drove it, I was driving around the country lanes, and I just thought, I, I don't have the driving skills to p- push this car anywhere near what it's capable of. And sure. when I do, I feel like when it lets go, I, I don't have the skills to get it back. <laughs> it, it's got to be gone. It'll be like such a, because you'd be at such a high speed when it lets go. Sure. So, and, and I always think, is that what it's like on the track? Um, I've had a couple of moments I'm a relatively conservative driver. I don't I'm not in the I'm in the five percent of men, not the ninety-five percent of men who think they can drive. I'm also in that five Do you know what I mean? So I'm 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 conscious of my limitations and am willing to learn to improve rather than yep. thinking I'm a good driver. Do you, if you sort of understand what I mean? To yep. that end, I'm uh, risk averse on the track. So I was I didn't go out like a, you know, a bull out of a pen at a rodeo. I was more of a, um, let's just see and improve as I go through the day, and and that was reflective in my lap times. Like 
my first session, I think I was doing like one minute 21 laps. And by the end of the day, I was doing one minute 12, you know, so it was a pretty vast improvement over such a short track. So, um, but Yaris drivers who are very good on the track and are good drivers are doing about 106s in the same sort of spec car. That sounds doable though, doesn't it? Mm, Yeah. So look, I'll, I'll see as I improve. With regards to the car, I would say it's almost square in its wheelbase and track. Not quite, but it it feels like it when you're in it, the point, the example you gave. Um, When it does let go, and I had a few four-wheel slide moments, it does feel correctable. Like Mm. it's, oh, yeah, it's about to go. Oh, it's going. Oh, this is what I've got to do to fix it. And you're off and again, you know what I mean? So it is like a rally car if you get my, you know, and that's what it was designed to be. So to that end, it is actually the balance of the car's incredibly good, mainly because the motor is so light and the battery and everything's in the back end and the car's, you know, front, rear. Look, it's a little understeery, but all four-wheel drive cars on the track tend to be that you overcome through suspension geometry and changing your driving style compared to a rear-wheel drive car, and I'm, I'm, I'm not that good yet, but hope to develop to get the best out of the car because I'm having a cracker of a time in it. Oh, brilliant. Hmm. That's good. So about your seat. Yes. That looked like quite a lot of work. That, my friend, is an understatement. And that was because of two key reasons. One is I needed the seat higher than a conventional race uh, race seat generic bracket would work with. Right. That was one problem. So I was about – most seat, uh, race seat brackets go up to about 100 millimetres from their bolt mount to the eyelet mount in the seat. And that's it's pretty consistent where the eyelet mounts are across brands. But I need about 150. I'm a little guy, so it was inevitable, right? Mm. Also, when you get into a race bucket, the, bo- the seat of the bucket is much lower than a conventional seat as well, yep. obviously, right? Uh, so there's that – there was that problem. And the other problem is the seat center, when the seat is centered on the steering wheel, isn't centered on where the bolt mounts are in the floor of the car. The bolt oh. mounts floor in the car were 40 millimeters closer to the outside of the car. So the seat is mounted offset. And when right, you, so the, when the you buy seat, seat brackets, they don't have that level of adjustment in them to achieve that outcome. Right. Oh, also, so I have another question about your video. Yes. Why did it sound like there was a siren going off towards the end of it when you were in your garage? There probably was. It, it sounded like a siren, but it could have just been like, you know, you're, you're, because you're in Australia, it could have been, you know, crickets, killer crickets. Or oh, something. no, there was. Yeah, no, there was crick, there were frogs. I, heard, I remember, I know the video, I was, when I was editing it, I thought, geez, the frogs are loud outside. Yeah, it was loud. It was it was properly loud. It sounded like a, a car alarm going off just outside your house. <laughs> well, I can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? I had to have the garage door open because it's too hot in the garage with the door down. Yeah. You just be sat there sweating. More importantly, I'm glad someone watched it, Ashmal. Thank you. I thought it had. To, I thought it had decent. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't I'm looked at it since I published. Low bar. I, I haven't looked at it since I published it. Oh. Uh, I'm so there's probably there's probably comments on there that I'm gonna have to respond to, isn't there? Yeah, you'd have you'd have to respond to those. I always find that I I have to respond 
to any comments that I get on mine. Yeah, yeah, okay. Look, the Yaris stuff is hit and miss for me on my channel because it's I've got such a strong Porsche background. Oh, yeah, look, it's okay. I've had 6,400 yeah. views. Yeah, it's pretty good because they only went alive, what, two days ago? One day ago? What day did it go live? It'll say here. Um, two days and 14 hours ago. That's not bad, is it? That's pretty oh, good. Yeah, I'm happy with that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's yeah. what that is. You know, it's um but yeah, anyway, so that was a lot of fun. Had the three five six out on that was on Sunday. I think I had it out on Saturday Arvo. I took three five six out for a bit of a run. It was just bloody hot and you know, I was sweating like I was guilty in there. And the um I've got, you know, the rear vent windows that are open with a clips and I've got yep. the Front quarter windows pointed backwards so that directs air on me, but it's just hot here at the moment, Ajmal. You know, like right now it's quarter to nine at night and I can see on my computer here it's 29 degrees outside, you know. So it's just wow. the hot. February's hot in Perth, you know. There's no getting around that. Like when I was out at the track on um, Sunday in the Yaris, it was 41, you know, so. Wow. It's just, you know, so you can imagine how hot, like I had to bleed air out of the tyres, get the air pressure down every after every session, you know, because oh, I'd go out at 26 PSI in the in tyres the and come back at 39, you know, so <laughs> just because how hot the tyres get while you're out doing four laps or six laps or whatever it is, you know. Well, over here it's been gale force winds. Yeah, lovely. There's a storm. Mm. Storm. Brewing. Sounds like the UK. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it, man. It's, it's February. It's, it's not dead of winter, but the, the thing is today it's quite well, you, you passed the dip. It's getting lighter again now, let's face it, early yeah, in the mornings. It, it is. I know so that because it's getting darker here, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. So for me, it's – and this kind of go, this might go into another bitch about something. Um, but before I used to – when I had a job, I used to hate the thing about getting up. Getting when it was up dark. And, yeah, it's dark. It's raining. It's cold. Going to the train station – going to work in London, working for like 10 hours there, leaving the, the office and it's cold and it's dark and it's yeah, that's, yeah, that's misery. That's not, home. that's not living. Yeah. And, and then there was the whole thing of, you know, when we were in lockdown and it was winter and I just thought, you know what? Winter is actually not that bad because I go out when I want. So I go out for a walk during the day yep, yep. and I dress appropriately and I'm not bothered about getting soaked or anything like that. And if it's cold and, and the sun's out, I don't really care. But Everybody was talking about this is the new way of working and the world is going to change and things like that. Whereas a friend of mine went into London this morning, you know, mm. it was dark at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he went, yeah, the trains were around. Everybody's back doing yeah, okay. exactly what they used to do before. And you just think, firstly, there's a lot of people who want to do that. They want to be out of the house. They want mm -hmm. to be doing that. Yeah, and I yeah. get that when it's, you know, young people, they live yeah. by themselves or living with their parents. And, you know, why not? They should be getting out and meeting other people. Well, there's all but, that, but some of them, sorry, go on. There's, there's, I was just about to say, with regards to the weather, there's all that. There's a classic cycling saying: "There's no such thing as bad weather. There's bad choice of apparel." Yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. And whereas um, there's, there's some people who are friends of mine, uh, or people or colleagues that I've previously worked with, that they don't want to be in the house anymore because they have to deal with their children and speak to their wives. And I just think. And I, and I always think... How's that for a recipe for a happily ever after? Not. Exactly. And you just think, what? Whereas I was, I left my job because I was at home and I was too busy 
to go and talk to my children who are in the house. And you're there on a conference call, a video call, and I can hear them playing. Yeah. And all I can think is, I just want to go and say hello and have a mm-hmm. little cuddle. Yep. And then you just go, before you know it, you've been on calls all day and you finish and then you're straight into the bedtime routine. And by then they're so frazzled. They don't want to look at you. They don't want to talk to you. And it's, it, it's the opposite with so many people. And everyone's just going back to working exactly the same way as they used to before. And I, I don't understand the rush. I'm, I'm in a pretty, I'm in a fortunate situation. Some wouldn't see it as that, but I do, right? That my office, even though I work at home, my office is in a different time zone. So mm-hmm. I work to that time zone. And at the moment, that's three hours ahead of me. Now, I know this doesn't work for all people. I appreciate that some people don't like getting out of bed. But I start work at six. My work day starts at 6 a.m., which allows me to finish at 3. You know, so it's, I love it. It's, I can, you know, I have, a, I have a break from work at 7.30 to have breakfast with my family. You know what I mean? And... And then if, if then I'll walk my daughter to school and then I'll come back and I'll work and then I can go pick my daughter up from school at the end of the day. It's, yeah, I, I, I'm, I feel very fortunate and privileged to be able to do this. I'm doing a job I love and it's working, it's working within a lifestyle I'm happy and appreciative of. See, that is pretty good because that was one of the reasons I left was that I'd, um, I'd promised my daughter something and work were trying really hard for me to break that promise yeah okay and and i kept saying no but you know you don't understand the agreement i have with her is mm-hmm. if i ever use the word i promise yeah and i haven't turned up it's because i'm probably dead <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough let's talk porsche oh uh, are you sure yeah yeah well yeah. let's face it it's called porsche talk the podcast and we've had we've had a good, we've, we've had a good crack at a whinge right <laughs> I haven't finished with that yet, though. And look, let's face it, we're only 40 minutes in. Oh, is that all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Really? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry to all the listeners for me being bitching for 40 minutes (laughs) about the world and everything in it. Now, um, a few things, a few, just Porsche news stuff. Did you hear about or see in the last couple of days a ship on fire in the Atlantic? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's supposed to be full of V-dubs and Porsches. Australia. And it's just, you know, this this thing that we chatted about briefly, it's like it goes straight into that, doesn't it? Because does. then Porsche say, oh, we've got to make some more of those now. Because normally they do a run, don't they? And then they go, oh, that's the end of that. But now, and obviously, you know, prices in Australia are just ridiculous. <laughs> and it, this is just going to make it worse. Did you know that one of the cars... On that ship is Matt Farah's new frozen berry spider. He didn't buy a frozen berry. He bought a frozen berry spider. Why would anybody do that? I would. I love it. You love frozen berry? I love frozen berry. I love pink How cars. Have I not this? It's not a great car colour. Look, if we all oh, like the same that. things, it'd be a woman that have a lot of men fighting over her. Hang on, I don't know if I get that. If we all like the same things, we'll all be attracted to the same woman. Oh, that's true. Yes. Or man. No, but whatever floats your boat. Have you seen the frozen berry in real life? I have. I'd have it like that. And you still love it. If I was, you know what? 
Look, Archibald, I'll be honest with you. I'm not in a situation where I think it's a good idea to spend what a car of that caliber costs. Okay? So we're talking window shopping. Yeah, of course. And when you're window shopping, don't get me wrong, if someone offered you a red Ferrari, you'd take it. But if you're window shopping, you'll think white or navy is not a bad option. Well, yeah, true, true. Hence the Frozenberry. But if you did have the means and you could have any color and, you know, paint to sample BS now. But yeah, look, it depends on the car model. I wouldn't take a Frozenberry GT3, right? But you would a I would take a, I would take a Frozenberry Spider. What? What? Well, who else has got one? And the world? Who else has got one? Oh, Matt Farrah doesn't. Of... Yeah, he hasn't got one. <laughs> he hasn't got one. It's sinking at the moment. Well, Sorry, Matt, if you're listening, and we know you are. Yeah. Hey, we were sorry to hear about your report. Come and talk, come and talk to us about it. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, it's I didn't think anything of it. I, when I first saw it on, you know, yeah. on social media, everywhere, on online, I thought, yeah, it's another, it's another colour and it's another kind of Cookie a new thing that they're throwing out. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, sure. then, and then I saw it. At the at the dealership now mm. the, the the dealership local to me is next to IKEA. Yeah, yeah. as you're driving past sure. on, the, on the motorway, yeah, you've mentioned you before. You see IKEA, and if you're and if you're in slow traffic or you're sat in traffic, you look over and you can see the cars outside the Porsche. Um, it's Porsche GB. So, yep. um, and I saw these three Frozenberry Porsche, and all I could think was, no, no, no. Yes, and you know what? In years to come, because no one's going to buy it, 99% of people are thinking like you right now, right? Yep. What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be the new Ruby Stone Red, isn't it? In 20 years. <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to be the new oil clapper. <laughs> One year only, because it was shit. Yeah, you might be right, but you know what? Those, those oil clappers... Mate, you try and buy one. How expensive are they? I know, I know. It's just when, whenever now people sell you, trying to sell you an old Porsche, they go, one year only. The, the, yeah, I for mean, a reason. They're selling it because, yeah, the rarity, but it was one year only for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Because it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Ruby Stone Red in a Carrera RS is still the preferred colour. What was the red in the 80s that they went, oh, this is a new crazy, Indian red. Indian red. What? Indian red. You mean cassis? No, cassis red. The one that's a light purple. No, no, no. Because there was. I've not heard of an Indian red in Porsche before. Yeah, there was. There was like viper green, Indian red. Indian red. You might be right. I'm just not familiar with it. I don't want to Google it now. But um, last last year, there was um. Who was talking about it? I think it was Jay Reed. He did a, a video on YouTube about... Indian Red. Yeah. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm Googling it right now because I feel like I'm having a piss <laughs> taken out of me. I'm, sure I'm not saying I know much about Porsche, right? But I reckon I would know if there was a colour called Indian Red. I think it's the G-bodied one. It's a nice colour, but Indian Red is a colour used in Indian motorcycles. Hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. I will. Hold the phone caller. This is this is riveting li- listening and viewing for. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, Indian Red Porsche 911. I think it was uh, like 83 no, no. or something. There's, uh, look, 
Have you found it? Indian red is another name used in different markets for guards red. Oh. Yeah, because there's an... Because Indian red is not politically correct in North America. Is it not? No, it's not. Is it because it's... Indian and red. Yeah, but it could be a colour from India that's red. If, if they choose not, not. They choose to use a different term for the colour. Now, guards red, I know what you're talking about. That's the 80s, you know, the red that, Is that isn't Ferrari. Is that the same one then? Hmm? Is that the same one? Why do I know it as Indian red then? Because you don't live in North America and they may have used that term in the UK. Yeah, that's probably why. Possibly, I don't know. But um, look, it's an oak. Look, if you're going to buy, if you go to 930, good colour. Like it is an yeah. iconic 930 colour. Yeah, right? it is. It, in, from the 80s. Yeah, yeah 100%. Where, you know, that G body, whale tail, the shark yeah. fin up the, you know, the rear wheel guard. Yep. It's the, it's the, Athena, is it Athena, the posters from the 80s? They were Athena posters, weren't they? I don't know. Is that know. what they're called? I don't know. I think they're called Athena posters and they had that red theme running through. You know, sure. it was the F40. Yep. It was the 3 or 308. Yep. It was the 959 and it was the 911. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, and, okay. you know, the yep. Kutash, I, and look, they're all red. So you think, do you think that colour is um, still relevant? Yeah, because you can still you can still get You can spec it. Yeah, 911. It's not a PTS colour. Yeah, yeah, you can. Well, you can you can spec almost anything now. You can, but it comes at a very high fee if you're not choosing yeah. off the cuff, right? And it takes right? a long time as well, yeah. That bit I'm not sure about. Like all new 911's delivery time is, it's not coming in the next month, right? No. At, exactly. the, mo- at the moment here in Perth, delivery times are between 12 and 18 months on a new order. Have you seen there's, I think in Australia especially, there's a few people buying new ones and flipping them. Yeah, that's happening a bit. Like, yeah, as soon as they get it, they've mm-hmm. got like a But the problem with that is premium. the way Porsche is now, that's the last 911 you're ever buying. And do you want to? Do you really yeah. think you're going to make enough money out of it to never be able to buy a 911 again? You don't want that in that your life, true. do you? Well, I mean, if you put a $50,000 premium on it, does it seem worth it if you're buying something for, I don't know, how much of this new one? Well, look, look, flipping's only happening... On GD3s. Flipping isn't happening on any other 911, right? Is that because they are, they're not more readily available, though, are they? Nothing's more readily available. No, no but Brand there's new. more in the market. And no, you, can, you can only flip cars that are high in demand. Yeah. Because that's the I market, mean, I, supply I guess... and demand, now, Jamal. That's how it works. I guess this segues us nicely into the thing that we discussed the other week before we spoke to Bart. Pricing. We said we were going to talk about pricing, yeah, and we were going to look at... We've got two pricing topics to cover here, right? Yeah. One is what a new 992 costs in different markets around the world and why. And the other one is used 911s with a reference vehicle that is common across markets. So let's start with... The new car. You did the research and pricing on a 992 GDS, no options. 
Yeah, so in, in your the market. UK, in the UK, that is uh, £111,380. Now, I've, you sent that information through to me, and a very fine gentleman who draw, who is in the process of restoring a 356A, Todd, Stone City Outlaw, also did the same for us in the US, and I've done the same here in Australia. And I've done the currency conversion across all three currencies for all three markets. So we can compare apples with apples where appropriate. Now, for the listeners, these are the drive away prices. You go in, you cut them a check, you leave, you've got no more expenses involved on that, on that day. Okay? You said 11,380 pounds. 111. Oh, sorry, 111,380 pounds. <laughs> yep. That same car if you bought it in the US, converted to Great British Pounds in on in today's market when I did the currency converter on Google, okay? So it may be up or down a bit, but it's not going to be a large fluctuation. That same car would cost you £101,409. So there's a £10,000 saving to buy that car in the US. Like for like. But, okay, I could understand that. Why? But, the, but no, well, normally, I think that it's the way the taxes, tax and VAT and things like that work over here. Yeah, I can you know what? That, but... I'm not convinced on that, and I'll tell you why. The UK is the second largest Porsche market in Europe after Germany. You'd think volume and market share would dictate that they would be more competitive. I think Porsche UK is sticking their finger in the pie too deep. I, I reckon there's an element of that, but I think the differences in tax between the US and the UK, VAT, is mm-hmm. a thing as well. And also... Um, the thing that I don't understand is how they can build a car, get it to the US, sell it for that much, and they can't get it to the UK, which is, you know, from a water point of view, it's that far. <laughs> <laughs> You'd so think the shipping costs are less. In fact, they probably don't even put them on ships. They probably put them on trains to get them to the UK. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. that aside... You know, you can discuss the pros and cons of different tax systems between countries, but that's not what this comparison's about, right? Because the three countries we're comparing, Great Britain, US and Australia, all have, they're all developed first world nations, right? Yep. So to that end, well, let's assume quality of life while fluctuates significantly. If you have means to buy a 911 in each country, your quality of life is probably okay in all three, all comparable. So that's why I think tax aside, VAT, GST in Australia or state taxes in the US, I think it's a I don't think there's enough in it to dictate a ten thousand pound difference. Yeah, it's a significant percentage. Now, before we get into the real shock, or the sticker shock that I'm gonna give everyone about what Australia has to deal with, right? That car in Australian dollars if you bought it in the UK, is 210000 Australian dollars. So the £111,000 
is 210,000 Australian. Okay. If you bought it in the US, it's $191,000. Okay. So we've got a difference here of $19,000 difference. Which percentage wise similar. Yeah, that's right. That 10,000 pounds. Okay. Comparable, right? However, that car to buy new in Australia is $348,000. Okay. It's actually 348,353. So the 200 to convert that back to the other currencies to give listeners in the other parts of the world a reference, that's 184,495 pounds. So it's 185,000 pounds almost. It's just over 251,000 US dollars. Compared to the hundred and thirty-eight thousand US dollars that same car is to buy in the US. That's almost double. Yep. And it's what, 70, 70,000 pounds, nearly seventy-five on top? Yep. Um in pounds. Yes. So tell me about the luxury tax thing. Okay, so we have this thing called luxury car tax in Australia where the federal government taxes vehicles that are coming into the country once they go over a certain threshold, and it's 33% of the vehicle's value over that threshold. Look, don't quote me on this, but I think the number's $66,000. So Australian, so anything over 66K, 33% tax on top of that amount over and above. But even still, that doesn't add up. So Porsche yeah, that- Cars Australia who I love because they loan me cars, I suspect may be quite profitable here. I think you need to find out. Look, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, hang on. So it's, let's just say, what, 66,000, over 66,000. Yeah. It's how much? 30, 33%. 33%. So how can we work that back? I'm terrible at maths. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so how can we work out the cost of that car, brand new, without the luxury Without the LCT. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to get, up, just gonna get an update on the threshold, all right? Give me a moment. I want to confirm the threshold at the moment. Because that... So you've got... So you've got your normal okay. tax. It's 69,152 is the threshold at the moment, right? right? So 33% tax is chargeable on the amount over that. So let's have a look over here. I've, here's a spreadsheet I prepared earlier. Um, so let's go that. Minus, what did I say? How much did I say it was? 69,152, right? Okay, so thirty-three percent on that. That gives us in the, if you always, if the car was bought in the UK. Um, sorry about this riveting podcast, everyone. While I'm typing, Ajmal, can you talk about something while I'm doing maths, please? Well, I was going to. I, I have got other things to rant about, but I don't know if this is the right moment. 
because you know I've, all, I've I've ranted about calling insurance companies out events, new old way of working, and uh, oh, the other thing I was going to suggest, which we can talk about after this, yep, is perhaps having maybe non Porsche guests. Oh, really? Who are you thinking? Well, I don't know. I don't know yet, but I reckon we should think about it. I mean, there's, and also we need to talk about, you know, what I was going to say was we need to be, no, actually I'll, I'll bring it up after. It's a separate topic altogether. Okay. But not throw it out there. <laughs> okay. Now I've got, I've got some good, I've got some good numbers here, right? Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Here's what I've done. The, to work out the tax on the uh, UK and US buy prices, okay? So I've got the buy price converted to Australian dollars. Yep. Subtracted the threshold, which is 69,152. Yep. Added the 33% tax on the balance. Yep. And then added the 69,152 back. Okay. All right. Are they any, are those numbers anywhere near the Australian buy okay. price? Okay. If I was to buy the car in the UK, the car yeah. would the car would should cost me two hundred and fifty six thousand eight hundred and eighty uh, Australian dollars. Australian dollars. If I was to buy the car in the US, it'd be two hundred and thirty one thousand eight hundred and fifty. The car is three hundred and forty eight thousand. It's still a hundred thousand, more than a hundred thousand dollars more. Wow! <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We're talking large components of tax. We're talking forty plus thousand dollars of tax in that car, in luxury car tax, right? And that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's twenty thousand pounds in tax, right? Yep. But in the I scheme know. of things, our GST is less than. But we only pay have ten percent GST, which is your VAT, which is in the twenties, isn't it? Twenty percent. Yeah, so you know your price of your one hundred eleven thousand three hundred eighty. Does that include your twenty percent? Yep, that includes twenty percent. So if I pulled that out of it, would be and I pulled my GST out, the gap would be even bigger. Yep, that's horrifying. That's insane. But is that is that something to do also with um, availability? How well, many? There would be volume. Volume would have to be an issue. Yeah. Like we're we're talking about a country that's got 25 million people in it, Ashmal. Compared to you guys, what do you got, 60 million? Yeah, a lot. (laughs) A lot. And they're all on the train going back to work in London at the moment. They are. They are, (laughs) annoyingly. (laughs) But, but yeah, because the market, so if you think about, let's say, the new GT3s come out, right? Let's say the new GT3 Touring. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, keep going, yeah. But how many of them get sent to Australia as a whole country. Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be a small... Yeah. Because... Australia Australia gets sympathetic numbers on a lot of cars, though. Yeah, Australia is still looked at favourably by Porsche because we were their first export market outside of Europe. And as a result, Mm -hmm. there's a long-term or a long-standing good relationship. Like, we got a special GT3 that no one else in the world did. 
bit to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Porsche Cars Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, I think okay. it was 25 of them or something got made or, you know, you know, an old 356 colour, you know, so with an Australian flag um, painted on the um, B pillar type thing to celebrate the 70th anniversary of Porsche cars in Australia. It's special. It's the first time they've done a special GT3 for a market. Or is it because they're celebrating making so much money out of Australia? <laughs> well, it sounds like it right now, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. So let's put that into perspective. It sounds perspective. like they're pulling $100,000 profit out of, an, out of a GDS each time they sell one. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, additional $100,000. Yeah, on top of what the normal other markets are making yeah. already. So, so let's put that into perspective then. Like, you know, the, the Porsche market as a whole in Australia. Yep. So, I mean, you talked about um, having a reference yes. point. Yes. So, so over here, um, if I bought a brand new Yaris. GR Yaris, yep. GR Yaris, yeah. It's mm-hmm. 33, maybe if you option, optioned it, or got to 35,000 pounds. Yeah, on at the moment on Auto Trader, thirty four will get you a good one, right? Used. Yeah, yeah, used. Yeah, we can't buy but, new ones anymore. They're done, right? Yeah, but yeah, but new they were they they were probably the same price. They were the same price. That's how much they were new. Yep, as well. Yep, and um, if and if I wanted an entry level nine eleven, and I wanted to be driving around in one, yes, and I went on Auto Trader and I went, oh, I want. One with decent history, or one with decent mileage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking. Let's let's say we've got a bit of a budget. I'm looking 15. If I want to go really, really out there and want super low mileage and super known history and in immaculate condition, I could head towards twenty thousand pounds. I did some research on this topic because we discussed it. Yep. Twenty is what you're paying for the type of car you'd buy if you're in the market for a 996 C2 manual coupe. Right, and that's the OMS has been done. Um, the what the example I looked at had ninety three thousand miles on it. Yeah. So sub one hundred thousand miles. I compared the cars across all three markets in for a nine nine six. Right. That was nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety five, and it was at a dealer, so it had a warranty. Right. Yep. So that's. To me, that seemed relatively middle of the ground. There were a couple of really low K cars. There were some shockers that were high Ks that were highly modified that were twelve thousand pounds, right? But generally, if you're on a good one, twenty is the number. You know, if you're yeah, enthusiastic for that type of car. Yeah, if you want, if you're an enthusiast for that car, so the Yaris will cost you thirty four. Yep. The nine nine six will cost you twenty. As, look, as a base reference, power-to-weight ratio, not that far apart, those two cars. Mm, that's that's fair based on... They're both around the 5 seconds, it. 0 to 100. 5 to 5.5 seconds, 0 to 100, or 0 to 62 time, right? Yep. In the US, on Auto Tempest, a similar spec car to that 996... Is about twenty three and a half to twenty four thousand US dollars, which is about seventeen and a half thousand pounds. So again, a little bit cheaper, probably about the same ratio as what a new GDS is as well as a percentage. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, in the UK, I'd, I'd probably say that 
back on a 996, I'd say, you know what, let's look at it's 50% compared to what? Should we say as a round number, it's 50% compared to what you pay for a Yaris? Yeah, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more, but, but, you know, just for the sake of the number. About, about 60, 65%, I reckon, the number is. But anyway, look, look, let's run with 50 for argument's sake. Yep. Right? And that makes that 17.5 of a US car. Yeah. Comparable. That's it, yeah. Right now, the only manual C2 996 with credible history, it's got 85,000 miles on it, is the converted equivalent of 40,500 pounds. What? 100% more than it costs over here. Yes. Okay, so... Now, the Yaris in Australia, to give you a reference point, is in the market today about 50,000 Australian dollars. So our, car, our Yaris's are actually a bit cheaper than yours, right? Wow. So... Ah. So 50,000, so 50, right? Yeah. So it's about, about 26,000 pounds at the moment. So our Yaris's are cheaper as well, right? Yeah. So as a ratio of Yaris price to um, 911 price, so 26,000 pounds down to, say, 20, versus our $50,000 to $76,000, it's just the wrong way. It's the other extreme. It's not going backwards. It's going forwards. So, so the question in in, in Australian dollars, the only manual decent nine nine six for sale is what seventy what seventy six thousand five hundred, and that's on car sales. Look, you, you, I'm sure there are cheaper cars that are equally as good that are marketed elsewhere, right? But car sales is the is the auto trader of Australia. Exactly, and I've used yeah, same here. car sales in Australia. I've used Auto Trader in the UK. And I've used Auto Tempest in the US to. Compare yep. the cars, right? Yeah, in, in all of those markets, you'd be able to find cheap ones. If you of course you would. Yep, that's right. Yeah, but to compare middle of the market with middle of the market, that's I don't understand. But don't get me wrong. Nine nine six is a nice driving cars, right? Yeah. Are they fifty percent better than a Yaris? Because that's what the market's dictating right now as a value item. And look, in all fairness, the Yaris is probably in the depreciation slide now, and the 996 is in its on the upswing, right? Yep. So that gap's going to get wider before it's going to get closer. Yep. And your oh, gaps yeah. are going to get closer before they're going to get wider because your your Yaris's there are going to start dropping in value over the coming three to four years. But I can't see your 996 is dropping in value there at the bottom of the depreciation curve right now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to go up. Yeah, well, this is my point. So they've, they've probably just recently bounced, and it's the same in the US with yeah. 996. Mm. Yeah, because – so when I bought mine three years ago now, and I remember a few months later my brother was over from Sydney. Yes. 
and he had a little drive of it and he thought this is great i could have a daily driver Porsche in australia it'd be amazing and he came straight home looked on you know car sales in in australia and he went no no this he went this is this doesn't make sense they cost 10 times more over there how how can this be <laughs> well they're literally they are literally double the price double the price and so a 996 is 60% of the price of a Yaris over here. Yep. And over there. The Yaris is 100. 60% of the price of the 996. Yeah. That's insane. And what's, I don't understand what's driving it. Is, is it just, is it just supply the and market, demand? The, the demand. Yeah. Supply and demand. Uh, look, in all fairness, the gap between. Our tip cars, tiptronic cars, and our manuals is much bigger than what it is in your market. So I'd suggest you got more manuals in your market. Yeah. Whereas we've we had less. I think more tiptronic cars were sold in Australia than as a ratio of nine nine six sales. And I'm comparing manual cars here. Mm. You know, like if you get a tiptronic, it's a solid thirty percent cheaper here in Australia wow. for a tiptronic car. Whereas that's that doesn't seem to be the case in the UK. No, there's not. It's there is a difference, but it's not. It's not nearly as significant as over there. And but, even, you could, I mean, I you can buy you can buy Tiptronic Cabriolet 996s for Yaris money here. Over here, if you wanted a good one, I don't think it would be that different. You're probably looking at. I mean, it could dip to fifteen thousand, maybe. So mid teens, really good one. Yeah, um, of course, you know, just like anybody, you know. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, I was looking at um, how much money I've spent on my nine nine six since uh, I've had it. What would you do that for? Um, because I, I want to do a video of my three year review. So I've, yeah, okay. I've done ten thousand ten thousand miles, and I've had it three years. And I was looking at, and I, I follow somebody on uh, Instagram, and she's got um, a YouTube channel. Uh, she's called, uh, her name's Hannah. She's called Female Mechanic. Sure. And maybe around the same time I bought mine, she bought one as well. Okay. And she, and I, I bought mine, and then when I was looking at I, I saw her channel. She doesn't do a lot of um, stuff on there, but she's actually a mechanic. Yep. Runs mm -hmm. a, a garage. And she bought one for under five thousand pounds sure um so i think it was a career of four it was a tiptronic and but the thing is i bought mine with an mot so it was roadworthy it was manual it was a hard top and um um so you know all of those all of those things i had, I had tick boxes and it was a hard top um but hers had a problem with the um, with the gearbox sure and so she you know instantly her the money she spent on it once she got the gearbox fixed went above what I paid for mine. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's she's recently done a similar kind of thing where she's got to eight thousand something that she spent on it, but she's done quite a lot of cosmetic stuff to it. And yeah, okay. Obviously, her being a mechanic, you know, I get I have to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah. Her being yeah. a mechanic, she's she's saving a lot of money. Um, but when I was looking at that and I was thinking, well, actually, I've spent less than I spent about nine thousand pounds. Yep. That's including you know when you when you say the cost of ownership it's including you know all the servicing i've done a few cosmetic things that i didn't need to do 
I may have bought some things that I didn't need to buy. I've kind of not included too many. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's around about £9,000. Sure. And I I still think that's a, a great price, to, you know, for me to have spent as an everyday car, you know, that I've beaten and it's now showing signs of rust and things like that. Whereas, you know, when you now think, well, what could I go out and buy? If you bought a Tiptronic, you could probably buy one for 11000 maybe. Yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe eleven and a half. That you know had, like you say, maybe higher miles, slightly sketchy history. It's not going to be immaculate, and it's probably not going to increase in value significantly as a really good one would. Mm-hmm. But it, there's still a step into the market. Where in Australia, I feel like there's people who, who've been looking and thinking this this is unsustainable, and it has just kept going on that upward curve. Well, the problem you got, and I had a, I had a discussion with the uh, mechanic that overhauled the engine in my three five six only a few weeks ago, and the people that are now buying the cars, not just 906s, we actually spoke about air-cooled cars. We spoke about G-series cars, okay, 80s, um, 911s. And the he said the people are buying them. They're paying 100, 150 grand for these cars that were in, that were 50 two years ago, right? But a good one would cost you 82 years ago. So if you bought one 50, you're staring down the barrel of a 30 grand solution to get it as good as yeah. the 80 grand car would be. The problem is, he said, the problem we've got now is people are coming in to see me. They spent 150 on this car and they've still got the 30 grand to spend, but they've stretched themselves to spend the 150. So they're not fixing them. He said, he reckons in a few years to come, there's going to be cars in the market that need a lot of work that people couldn't afford to do the work too because they put all their pennies into buying the car thinking it's an appreciating asset. But the reality is because mm. they're not doing the maintenance, it's going to depreciate in value. So the gap's just going to get bigger to the new purchaser. Yeah, it's a strange one. Maybe we should just go and start a dealership. What, and be responsible to these people? I've got to sleep at night, Ajma. Oh, that is true. Yes. Well, I'll just invest from here once and I, and I, I haven't got any money. I, I, I love the cars, right? I don't need them to be a disposable um, widget. Yeah. Which they would become if you had to deal in these cars, wouldn't they? Oh, and that's the funny thing that I always get from people is they say, oh, but it's great that it's worth, you know, money is worth more money. Not a lot more money because when you start with not a lot, it, yeah. you know, and it, and it Doubles in price, even it's not a lot of money. Yep, yep. And we say, have you thought about selling your own? So if you, pay, if you paid a million money. for it, and it would double in value, it'd be okay. Yeah, exactly. But when you know, when you paid six and a half grand, yep. and it's gone up to ten or eleven or twelve, it's neither here nor there. And yep. when someone says, "Oh, well, have you thought about just cashing in?" and you and think, "I'd never be able to buy another one." Yeah, that's right. If you, even you know, if you sold it, you want to get say go to the next level. Let's say you want to get a half decent nine nine seven. That's going to cost you thirty now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, for me, it just doesn't make any difference. I'm in the same boat with my 356. Yeah. Like just this week, a 356 changed hands in Australia that's very comparable to mine for an exorbitant amount of money. Oh, wow. Right? And I thought to myself, if I cashed in, I probably, that money would go somewhere else. I wouldn't go and put that on into another car that would give me as much joy as my 356. So mm. the reality is I can't see a, a time in my life that I'll get myself in a situation where I need to sell that car. Yeah. Like I don't have a gambling problem or anything like that. You sure? 
Well, I'm betting on this. I'm betting on people listening to this podcast. That's about as bad as it gets. Well, I'm I'm betting on uh, uh, boxsters with vegetation growing in them uh, becoming box huge turds. sensation. Yeah, boxsters becoming huge sensations and people paying you know tens of thousands of pounds for whatever's growing in them. I'm going to tell and, you, I uh, feel like the right video on that car could go viral for you. I don't know if it could now. Not just what's growing in it causing a virus. I'm talking about the actual video going viral. I thought you meant of me getting the virus. <laughs> no, I genuinely reckon you could. You could. I think this could come good as one of those ironic wanker Porsche owners. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you... Oh, my God. No, you've just reminded me of something where you said wanker Porsche owner. <laughs> something happened. I went, I went out on Friday with some yeah. friends for lunch. Mm-hmm. And... And I did something so horrific and I hate myself. And, and it was just because I wasn't concentrating. So I arrive at the restaurant and there's a parking space right outside the yep. front door. Where I always park. Yeah. So I was I was in my 911 and I go, oh, I'm going to reverse in there. But a car pulls up behind me and there's a space I can see two cars ahead. So I just pull into that. I reverse into that. Yep. Straight in. I get out and there's a guy in the next, in a Range Rover in the next parking space. And he's struggling to get out. He's got uh, a wheelchair and stuff like that. And I go over and I say, oh, do you need a hand? And he goes, no, I'm okay. It's fine. So I run inside because I'm late, as I always am. Have lunch. I'm sat there for like three and a half hours. You parked in an Akron spot, weren't you? I'm, I'm parked in a disabled. I come out and I see it <laughs> under the car. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm right in front of the restaurant. It's like they, and everyone was still thinking, oh, God, wanker, wanker Porsche driver. <laughs> And it's just, I couldn't believe it. And you know, when you go, put my hat down, yep, get yep. in the car, and drive off. Yep. Yeah. I felt, I felt awful. I felt sick. How good was the parking spot, though? Was, the thing is, the one that was two cars away would have been just as good if that car hadn't pulled up behind me. And so you actually you did the right thing by being courteous and letting that person behind you have that spot, right? Well, no. Uh, the car behind you. Did the car behind you want that spot? Is that why you moved up? Or just the fact no, you were up your clacker? I wanted the spot, so I stopped to reverse into it, but they pulled behind me too close. Ah, I'm with you. So I couldn't reverse into gotcha. the space, so I just went a little bit further. Yeah, in straight into the blue one. Available. Got it, righto. Well, it's got the, the logo that says it's not for everybody yep. in the middle. And you, and you didn't get out of the car with a white it. stick? No, no, I didn't see it. I just didn't see the logo on the floor, and I felt all, I was so embarrassed all day. I felt just a little bit sick about it. Classic. So, yeah, that, especially that. considering there was someone in a wheelchair behind you. Well, not hopefully not in the car behind, but definitely the guy. I mean, the guy. I could understand now when I went over and said, "Oh, do you need a hand?" And he was probably thinking, "Get lost, you dickhead." <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be right. I'm sorry. Hey, be right that. who have you had anyone uh, lined up for our next guest next week? Um, I've got someone bobbling. Can I say who it is? Yeah, yeah, it's it's Brock of 996 Road Trip. Does he know this yet? Yes, okay, keen. good, good, that's excellent. Yeah, uh, he's keen. Yep, um, how's Magnus coming along? Can... Sorry, how's Magnus coming along? Uh, the Magnus, yeah. Did he not get in touch with you during the week after last week's uh, podcast? No, no, no. He, uh, do you know what? Shockingly, he did not listen to the last one. And I've actually been waiting since we spoke to Bart. 
I've been waiting for Nick Cave to contact me. <laughs> oh, by the way, I checked after that podcast. Nick Cave is Australian. Well, I thought he was Australian for one reason. Do you know why? Because he did some work in the 90s with Kylie. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But, but the thing is, um, so I need to get back in touch with Brock because, it's again, it's that thing when we talk to Lara... It's the same thing in the time differences. I don't worry about that. Well, I mean, she was eight hours behind. You're eight hours ahead. He's don't worry about it. Look, I'll, we'll do it. I'll tell you what favour we'll do him, right? I'm ahead of him. I'm in a different day to him, right? Yep. Tell him if he comes on, I'll find out where he lives and I'll give him the lotto numbers before they get drawn. All right. Because I'll already you know could, him. Well, you could. You could kind of do that for me as well, because you know you're you don't need him. Me as well. You, you, look, all right, yeah. Your life is rich in experience. Yeah, I, I'd rather it was richer in financially. <laughs> as well. I tell you what, if you play your cards right, I'll give you the numbers. And you can go buy a 2012 Audi A3 for your wife, okay? Oh my god, she doesn't care now. If I said <laughs> I was changing it, she'd kill me. <laughs> but also. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking maybe we should have some non-Porsche people on as well because, oh, also, we were talking about Sarah, who's the LA dismantler. I think she's keen to come on as well. You reach and, out, reach out to her. Let's get her on next week if you can't get hold of Brock. Okay, let's do that. But Don't worry about the about... time difference. We'll tell her. Well, actually, that's not fair to say. What I mean is yeah. let's, we'll work around her time zone that's comfortable for her. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give her our preferred times and just see what she says. And if we um, work on this time, the time that seems like it's just early morning for them. Mm. Yep. Unless they're morning haters. She won't be. She's in LA. That'd be like a bit living in oh, Perth. Everyone gets up early, you know what I mean? And they actually live life because the sun yeah, comes out. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we wait for the sun to come out, so we hibernate for days. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but the thing that I was thinking was, I've, I, I've been looking at, I've been going down these Instagram holes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Story holes recently. And it's stuff that's coming up that reminds me very much of the 80s. You know, like there's, you know, women in stockings and heels and what? underwear lying under Porsches. Is this because you, you know, looked at Porsche talk? No, 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 it's not that. It's just, you know, people who post these kind of pictures. Sure. And I think, how can they have become so commonplace again? Mm -hmm. Because... You know, what's the point? I don't understand what the point of those is. And then I see someone do a post and it might turn out that that person is a woman and she's driving a really good car. And then I, I, I hate myself for looking at the comments because some of the comments are just, they're just rubbish. You know, they're just from, I, I can only describe as, as cavemen saying certain things, whereas I think, oh, that's a really cool car or that's, you know, someone doing something really cool or someone doing, going around a track. In a car, I might think, oh, really great things, but other people zone in on, oh, it's a young blonde woman driving it. And I think... What are you doing? Why are you even looking at the comments? It's not even your drama. I know, but you, still. And you're even worse, especially after talking to Lara. Yep. She can zone it out. She's not taking she on, she's not taking on the weight of the she, world on this. Well, no, it's not. But she can zone it out. I think she has to zone it out. Oh yeah, that's if, fair. If, yep, yeah, because yep. if she if she speaks about it, it makes it worse for her. So if someone speaks out and says, 
guys, stop saying this stuff. You know, it's not very inclusive yeah, yeah. for everybody in, in a particular community, a automotive community or Porsche community. Porsche community is probably better than most, I think. Um, the Ferrari um, one's pretty grim for this stuff. Look, because I'm in a number of Ferrari um, groups um, in Europe and some of the posts, I call people out on it. Yeah, and I think that's it. it's my duty to call it out. So I have to say something. And then, but because I know those people who are the subject of those comments, they can't because they give it oxygen and they just make it worse for themselves. Yeah, but you've also got, you know, but you've also got to consider, and Lara brought this point up, often the young lady that's subjectified in these images, right, she's actually generating income out of that. Mm. So by not doing it, there's also, do you have the moral high ground to put this person out of work? This is the point she brought up because of her background in modelling. She said, I know women that do this type of stuff, you know. And that's the flip side of the coin that, you know, and because they're being objectified like this, is it not empowering to them to choose to be objectified rather than being, you know, like if a woman, that's like saying if a woman dresses what in your mind is inappropriately when she walks down the street, saying that she's attracting unwanted attention, right? Does that, mm. Is the other side of that discussion not, should she not be allowed to do whatever she wants? So there's this there's a couple of arguments that uh, yeah there is and I'm open to both I don't have an, yeah. an opinion on either way you know yeah because for me it's anything that's objectification I think is is wrong if if someone is choosing to you know model alongside sure. a car or something like mm-hmm. that it, it's fine but if someone says actually I am going to do a photo shoot and I'm going to take a car and I'm going to take a woman in her underwear in high heels and have her draped on the car yep. now. If, if that job is created by a man for other men to look and they're paying said female to do that, mm. to me, that's, that's wrong. Okay. That, yeah. And, but also there's the, the bit, you know, we, we, we have to call it out when you call it out and you think, I thought we were more involved, more evolved as, you know, as humans, as sure. people, as, you know, we think about all the stuff that happened yep. in the 70s, 80s, even the 90s. We thought we'd all moved on but sometimes i see stuff and i see comments and things like that and i feel people hide behind social media and, and anonymity online yep, yep. and the stuff that's said makes you think oh my god it's we're still we're still back there and i and i feel like i don't want guests on talking about it yep yep i would like guests on who are talking about like sarah from la dismantler i want her to talk about her business yep. i want her to talk about what she's doing in the community she is doing very female focused groups and yep. communities and things like that i want to hear about those sure i don't want to hear what kind of abuse she gets in her inbox oh who does that does give yeah because that gives those people oxygen and it, and it will only make it worse for her yep yeah um but it would be good to have regular female guests on who are prominent Let's do it. in reach out to Sarah. Automotive. Let's get her on next week. Let's see if she'll come on. Yeah, let's get her on. But I think it's the automotive community rather than just the Porsche community. What about, um, um, what about also Renee who drove the three, five, six or seven continents Valkyrie racing Renee. Oh yes. 
good he's a good shout. Yes. Um, I was thinking of getting what's a messaging what's her name, but she's probably a bit too. Oh, her. Now, Who are you talking about? No, um, Abby, Abby, Abby Heaton, is it? She was the professional driver on the Grand Tour. Don't know it. Um, you know the show that Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and Richard Hammond did on sure, Amazon. Sure, 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 sure. Yep. She was the professional driver on. Never there. saw an episode of it. My, I can't. I can't comment on it because we're about. To, I'm going to reach out to her and see if she wants to come on. But they did a couple recently, which, by the way, she wasn't in. Yes. <laughs> but they were. They were specials, and and it felt like it felt like the time. The time was done. There's one they did about. I think it was Citroen, about Citroen. Just the whole thing was about Citroen. And it was just, it felt like, you know, it had the Benny Hill theme tune running in the background. It probably should have done. It's honestly. Speaking of scantily clad women. Exactly. It just felt like it was of a of a time. Oh, you've gone out of the because. Mm -hmm. uh, So. I think you've got internet problems on me again, Ashmal. You're breaking up a little bit. Not the internet. Yes, you're back. You're back. It's because I speak too fast and the internet can't process it. <laughs> I reckon we call it quits. Yeah, we should because I was just about to go off. Oh, you're breaking up on me again. You're killing me, Ajmal. What are you doing? Anyway, should we wait for him to come back? You're coming back to me, Ajmal? Any time now? Okay. While I'm waiting for Ajmal to come back, if he does come back for this ep- for the finish of this episode, I just want to give everyone a reminder that we have this Timex chronograph watch. Oh, hang on. I can hear Ajmal again. He's coming back. I'll just show everyone again. If you want this as a giveaway item, brand new, look. Yep. It's all got tags and everything on it. It's got the um, uh, the graph uh, the um, face there it's like a dark green looks very outdoors in fact i think this half chance bear grills would wear this and get in touch with us i'd love it if you actually watch the video which ashmail is going to post on his channel he doesn't know it yet because he is still offline but regardless <laughs> are you back a eh, ashmail I'm, I'm i'm here i'll turn the video off just in case it was my bad whip. oh okay and um so we will Send this out. I'll send this out to whoever gets in, reaches out to us if you want it. Please reach out to us if you do want it. Don't just reach out to us because you think it's a freebie. Um, and please think about following us on iTunes, subscribing on Spotify, subscribe to Ajmal's channel if you're watching this on yes. video. And appreciate your time this week, Ajmal. We will be back again next episode, hopefully with another guest yes and uh, i'll come up with the next giveaway oh interesting i've got i've got stacks of stuff here from previous sponsors so we'll keep rolling this stuff out if people take it and um including i've got some books i've got some magazines i've actually got some other watches and um we'll go from there so thank you everybody for listening and um have a great week thanks ajmal catch you next time